0: I think running a business is very much like running a marathon. You are running on various types of terrain, and so you have to adjust your running strategy to those different types of terrains. I think one of the most important rules for a CEO is basically to tell it like it is. And I trust you to make a decision based on the current status of the company. You know your domain better than I do. That's why we hired you.
1: Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out what running can teach us about leading, managing people, and generally being better in business. And we'll also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay, and today I'm joined by someone who spends his time with Grandmasters. He's the CEO of Chessable and VP of Content at Play Magnus Group based in Barcelona and London, Chessable's mission is to make learning chess as fun and as efficient as possible. But before working full-time as a chess company executive, Git was a musician and a vocalist in a band in the late 90s and noughties. Over the last few years, he's turned his passion for chess along with his love for Chessable as a fan of the company into a full-time career. Gert van der Velde, welcome to Run the Business.
0: Thank you very much, and that was very accurate. (laughs) How are you today, Gert? Pretty good. Um, Had a really good night's sleep and got some rest. It was a really crazy weekend in Madrid uh, over the past weekend because um, in the chess world, uh, every two years there's a world championship, and in, in the year leading up to that, there's this tournament called the Candidates Tournament, which is... For outsiders, that's what you would consider the challengers tournament where one of the players ends up, uh, you know, either winning the tournament outright or qualifying by some uh, tiebreak system. And then that person gets to challenge the world champion to a one on one match for the, uh, the world championship crown. Uh, and so that tournament was ta- had been taking place for the past couple of weeks and was now reaching its climax over the weekend in Madrid. There were a lot of side events going on and people going to see the action. So I, uh, I since I don't live too far away from there, I took a train over and, um, yeah, saw it firsthand.
1: And in terms of, you know, what you do with with chess, online learning with chess, and obviously I'm I'm assuming the the tournament like that is a physical version of chess. Is there any difference in the way people approach
0: uh, both versions of it? Well, yes and no. Uh, I guess... One of the main differences between online and and what we refer to in the chess world is classical chess right mm-hmm. is that um, These tournaments that are online usually have a faster time control Than the tournaments that take place in this kind of a setting where people are playing against each other over the board Although we do also have faster time control events over the board where people are meeting each other face to face but um it's a lot less common so most of these online events the games are much faster and then in these in what we call these classical events the average mm-hmm. time of a chess game is probably between 3 and 4 hours and sometimes it goes up to 7 or 8 hours so um the classical chess is a bit slower paced and and has a different atmosphere um than online
1: okay makes sense and and I want to talk a little bit more about uh chess specifically in a second but Firstly, this podcast is about the relationship between business and running. Uh, firstly, about running. When did you last go running?
0: Uh, I went running five days ago, I think. I, uh, I didn't do much running while I was in Madrid because we were walking around with heavy camera equipment and running from location to location. So I had I, I, wanted to get a run in on Sunday morning, but then I ended up. Getting to bed about 3 a.m. and not really getting up in time. So uh, I, it's been five days or something. And do you have a regular route in Barcelona that you like to do? So I live outside of Barcelona. I live in a small town called Sant Cugat, which is... Um, uh, like 20 minutes, uh, from uh, from Barcelona, and that's where I do all of my running. Um, my uh, house is uh, on top of a hill in an area that's very hillish So I do most of my running is trail running, uh, on the hills uh, of uh, this uh, park called the Rola Park, and it's beautiful. It's like lots of small trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very technical terrain, but uh, really fun to run, and uh, and you can just keep going forever if you want to. And in fact, I I realized last year around november or something that there's actually an ultra trail marathon that happens right in my backyard that, that like g- uh, goes across all those trails that i've been uh, been running and training so it was kind of funny because one sunday morning i just happened to run up my my regular route up the mountain and uh, and all of a sudden there was all these runners and i was like what's going on and then i realized that it was part of their ultra trail <laughs> and, and did it make you feel like you wanted to get involved in that at some point It's been a goal of mine to run one of those. And in fact, uh, I just had my birthday, my wife gave me for my birthday, gave me uh, some private lessons with uh, with an ultra trail coach. Uh, So that's a long term goal of mine to eventually run one of those. But uh, after the marathon I ran last year, I got a little injured. So I had to scale back the work and focus on recovery. But I'm I'm back to running three times a week now. And hopefully I can increase that to five times a week. So I can, you know, do the amount of kilometers that are necessary to build that kind of stamina you got to
1: get the kilometers in the tank haven't you when you're going to go for those long runs
0: yeah i've been reading up on this stuff and uh it's uh it's just i think it's just mainly a really large time commitment like uh, obviously you have to do some strength training and you know work on your speed and your technique and stuff but i think mainly you just have to kind of grind and and just be willing to go longer absolutely and you mentioned the
1: marathon that you completed just tell us what which one was that
0: I ran the Barcelona marathon. Oh, wonderful. And it was very nice. It's a really nice uh, parkour. You go by all the big landmarks and the, the atmosphere is very festive. I'm a, you know, not a very fast runner, so I I, I did my my run, uh, you know, uh, in the pack in the middle with all of the other uh, runners. But I had a I had a nice finish. It was was a really great experience. Was it a hot day? No, it was okay because the marathon was in November, so the temperature in Barcelona yeah. around that time is just really nice. It was quite cool. Um, and it starts early in the morning. So I think I finished by like 1130 in the morning or something. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was sunny. Like it was like perfect running weather, to be honest. Mm,
1: sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. To give us a little background before we sort of get into some of the specifics of, of the conversation. Tell us about, uh, how somebody who was in a band, uh, I think you're the vocalist in, in a, in a metal band, wasn't it? How, how do you get from there into <laughs> a career in, in a chess company? I mean, what's the journey like?
0: Yeah, uh, so okay, so short, short version I, in my teens, my late teens and early 20s. I was s- screaming in a metal band, hardcore band, uh, an American one where uh, where and, and that one toured the world. Uh, how I joined that band is a story in itself. Then after that, during my college years, like when I was in university and stuff, um, I started a new project and that was more of a singer songwriter acoustic singer songwriter focus where I sang. That was my career as a musician. The hardcore punk stuff, I would say, is kind of like was the the teen adventure, and then I kind of became a professional in my mid twenties, and I I did that until my mid thirties, and I had held all sorts of positions from booking agent to manager to publisher to whatever, and and, and I was always writing my own music, but I I was always combining it with other roles in the music industry so I I learned a little bit about everything from from copyright law to publishing to licensing to you know all these things um, as well as like project management like you know when you work for a festival or something you have a lot of people to coordinate and and you have a lot of different stakeholders that are interested sponsorships all this stuff so so I, I had a lot of different uh, roles as a musician slash music professional and uh, yeah, the chess was always there in the background. I I started playing chess as a a hobby, something that I did in the van. You know, like I would bring my little chessboard and my books with me. And uh, I, when you're sitting in a van, touring across the United States, driving 10 hours to the next venue, you have a lot of time to kill, and it gets really boring. So uh, I love chess, and that kept me occupied. And then um, I would just basically play anybody uh, who who would show up at the venue. And like sometimes people would show up to to play me or friends or something that we would met and that's that's just so that was kind of like my fun hobby and then eventually through various um, things coming together in my life I ended up uh, working for chessable as one of the early members of the team I was I think I was the third full time team member like fifth or sixth in in the total team and the, and then th- that company grew and we scaled and a few years down the line here we are. And when in this
1: story, and it's, it's fascinating to hear you, you know, describe how you, you, know, you worked through you know, the music industry and, and then how chess came into your life, where does running fit
0: in this? When, when did you consider yourself, hey, I'm a runner? So I was very at a very young age. I had a lot of energy and um, my parents just wanted me to have an outlet. So they took me to track and field club and uh, I turned out to be pretty good at running and so I've always kind of stuck with that so from the time that I was like seven years old until probably my late teens uh, I was running track and field and um, getting some uh, local medals and I even made it to like Dutch national championships uh, a few times and then when I went to the United States I ran track uh, at the high school there I did like an exchange student year and I ran track there and I made it to the varsity team and I made it to the starting team also on the relays and stuff so I I was I was never a long distance runner at that point I was always like mid distance but I enjoyed the long distances more than the short distances because I was always less nervous for them like for sprints and and especially like the mid distances I would just I'm so competitive and I would just get so nervous that Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy the the lead up to it so much but long long distances for me always felt like oh you know if I have a bad start then I'll catch up later. And like, it was more of a journey. And and, and and that's always kind of been the case for me. I kind of like that long grind where you get in that empty head zone and you can just keep going. And is that something,
1: this, this podcast is obviously about how running might help people in business and leadership. And, and you mentioned that empty head zone and, and the space that it gives you. Does that work for you? Yeah. Is that something that one of the reasons that you run?
0: Yeah, absolutely. My wife can tell you that if I'm not running, that, uh, I get pretty grumpy sometimes I I just need to run and like clear my head and and get that energy out but also get you know you come back and then you kind of like feel like everything's okay I just I just uh, ran for two hours and my body aches and I'm tired but then it puts things into perspective for me again so I really I, I like it both for the the challenge but also for the the feeling of it and the and obviously it's good for your health. So that's a that's an additional nice benefit to it. And are there any specific
1: examples that you can think of where a, a particular run or uh, you know going out there on a run you know gave you a lesson in something or or you came up with a solution to a problem that, that something you were able to transfer into your work. D- does that happen for you? Uh, so
0: I think more on a not specifically maybe but but more general I think running a business is very much like running a marathon like sometimes you have to sprint to get a result right but overall what you're trying to do when you're running a business is you want to have a long breath you want to be around 5, 10, 15 years from now so it's about finding pace knowing when to accelerate knowing when to slow down knowing when to refuel knowing when to take a break. Also knowing like what kind of terrain am I on and what does that require of me to conserve energy or maybe I can speed up in this area here where um, you know I can gain some ground on someone or etc. So there's a lot of these parallels I think between at least for me between long distance running and, and specifically trail running I think and running a business because in trail running and and I'm I'm assuming in the. If 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 I ever make it to be ready to run an ultra trail you are running on various types of terrain and so you have to adjust your running and walking and climbing strategy to those different types of terrains. and that also means that you have to have different fueling strategies like people finding and helping you along the way so it's about finding partners all those things I think translate also to a business strategy because business is very much about building relationships with people and you know, working with teams and making sure that everybody understands what's required of them at a specific time that the company is in.
1: Would it be right to say chess is now bigger than it's ever been in in history? I mean, what do you see where it sort of fits in the world at the moment?
0: I would say chess is now not as big as it ever was because I think it was at its peak probably last year in February or March on the tail end of when the Queen's Gambit was just everywhere the tv show by netflix yeah that was insane like i'd never seen anything like that before obviously i mean i'd only been in the chess world for as a professional for a couple of years but but i had been following chess and what was going on with chess and and we hadn't seen anything like that in chess so so that definitely was i think the peak of the popularity but the interesting thing is i think that chess unlike other sports and things which have seen boost from from, uh, you know the kind of like mainstream breakthrough of of their sport. Uh, it, it leveled out pretty well like it stayed a lot of people stayed in chess. So that's been really unique and I think that's a combination of mm-hmm. Netflix uh, streaming becoming more popular chess streamers b- getting some mainstream recognition. Uh, obviously also it helps that we have a world champion who's very um, media friendly and and just has a great story and who's been around for 10 years uh, winning the last five world championships. So all those things combined but it's definitely the mo- at at one of the most popular points in time. Fantastic.
1: you mentioned the Queen's Gambit and, and I was that was one of my questions around the impact of that of that show. C- could you uh, metrics is something that I'm sure is very important to you on many levels and and in running is something which you know we we talk about how we you know we measure you know smartwatches and and all that kind of stuff these days that make it so easy to to measure our performance. Could you see instant impact from when the queen's gambit was on tv to people you know googling you or or logging into the into the chessable platform
0: yeah for sure like it was like you can just go back into the traffic and the amount of signups and all this stuff and you can just say oh this is when queen's gambit was released like it was overnight wow And, and on on that subject of metrics you know when you when you run,
1: do you how important are goals to you, or is running you mentioned the space that it gives you? Do you kind of run free without any any tech with you or or do you like to measure and and have goals to achieve?
0: kind of both i I like running for running's sake, but I also really like you know making a training plan, fitting my runs in. I measure everything I track everything with various things you know I have a running watch I have uh, my apps Um, I've experimented with various um, wearables you know I've I've worn cgms to see what my glucose was was doing during my runs and I use that information for the marathon and, and like use it to inform myself on my fueling strategy I've worn wearables to track my heart rate to see what my recovery is all this kind of stuff so I like all that stuff and I think it's really fun but uh, um, I can also like for the past couple of months I've actually just been running without anything and, and then I'm just running for 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 fun but every once in a while I'll pick a race or something a goal that I want to work towards and then I can make that plan and I go and I, I make my own excel sheet with my running plan and then you know I put the asterisks behind every run that I finish I put my times in and put my mileage in and keep track of that stuff
1: and was that something that uh, you know? Thinking of business is that something that you know? You're are you a nat- naturally somebody who is into the the detail of of goals and metrics, or did you know that come from your business, uh, you know, side of of who you are? Or I'm just trying to understand kind of what was uh, is it a natural thing for you to want to sort of see the data?
0: For me, it's always the other way around. I have an idea, and then I wonder if what I'm thinking corresponds to a reality Mm -hmm. basically what I'm essentially trying to do is falsify myself all the time is my idea correct is this correct is my my intuition that this is a good thing correct and can I or or can I find something in the data that tells me that this is wrong because if it's wrong then I need to adjust and change my course but if it's right then we just need to do more of it and so I, I kindly I kind of constantly go back and forth between Having an idea, setting something up, seeing if it's if it can be falsified, if it can be falsified, well, then, you know, the takeaway can be this was just a bad idea. Or the takeaway can be if you look at the data like, oh, actually, there's something here, but we need to change these and these things. And maybe then we'll get a a better outcome. And and sometimes it's just a bad idea. And that's also okay. I'm, I'm fully okay to fail and just try something new all the time. But but I think that's what it is. I'm not like a math guy. Per se, but I, I like honesty, and I think numbers keep you honest. And and is that in your running? I know you mentioned
1: you, you sometimes like running tech free, and, and other times you you'll, you'll measure your running. Um, do you how ambitious are you in the goals that you set? Uh, and and what? And this is a, a general question, not not just that you is How in terms of ego when we run? Sometimes we can be overconfident and take things on that that you know. Are too big for us uh, maybe at that point in time but yeah so so when you go out running how confident are you and how big are the goals that you you set yourself
0: uh well we could take my my marathon that was my first marathon last year i, I attempted to train and run one many times before but that was the first time i actually managed to do it and um i actually think it's because i had a much shorter uh, preparation time, which which I I actually suffered the consequences of later because I I think I overtrained in too short of a period of time. But I only took about nine weeks to prepare for the marathon. I I had been running and hiking a lot, but um probably in hindsight, starting to train in eight weeks and going to five times a week of running and keeping that up and and increasing the mileage and everything probably didn't help with the hamstring injury that I kind of had after that, but. But in any case, my approach was very much uh, see what I can do in the first four weeks and then establish like, okay, this is probably the the goal time that I should have. And then I trained for that. And uh, and then when it came to race time, I had tempered my own expectations. And I told myself, okay, I'm just going to go run a three and a half hour marathon, nothing crazy, just run it in three and a half hours, stay in the stay with the pack. And so that was the the guy with the flag that was running ahead, you know the pacer that yep. that was the the group I was following, but then I realized I was on this four twenty pace the whole time, and uh that i I just wasn't happy following that group so uh so I passed them up, and then I started kind of running towards the three fifteen finish group, and then i about ten k or fifteen k before the end of the marathon, I realized like, ah, I'm also not happy running their pace, I should just pass them up too. And so I ended up finishing in 313 and um, and and so I guess like I kind of adjusted my ambition uh, uh, as I passed the 30 K mark and I realized like I can do this I can keep this up until the end of the race but of course secretly in the back of my mind I was thinking ah, oh, i can do this I, I i should be able to run under three hours if i keep training and doing this so so when i finished the marathon i instantly was thinking oh now i'm gonna train for a sub three but uh i try to you know i try to keep myself honest too so I was kind of happy with the result because I tempered my own expectations well done
1: and and it's we i think mean, we all have those voices don't we the from the different sides coming out as the, the one that is yeah you can do this this is you know, just keep going and then the other one that's is, are, you know is this too much is this is this taken as in a different direction and it sounds like you know in the in the business side of things the last few years has been you know move forward so quickly and adjusting reviewing as you go along that's so important isn't it to keep taking a check on where things are at and are we going in the right direction are are we still true to the the purpose that we set out and wanted to do how often are you you know checking in reviewing things in in the world of chessable
0: well that's a nice segue because uh we we just had to go through a big reorganization and uh, we had to let go of about 25% of our staff uh, compared to last year, um, December when uh, when we were at the peak of everything. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the current macroeconomic climate kind of shows that things can change very quickly and uh, de- definitely Chessable was affected by that in in various ways. So we we had to change our plan and had to adjust our strategy to what the current environment is telling us is uh, is necessary. Uh, so yeah, we can change and, and I can change and adapt to, you know, new realities pretty quickly if necessary, uh, even if painful, I think and I think that's also something that maybe also kind of ties into running because sometimes you can just have like, you can start out feeling absolutely amazing for the first 20 K or something. And then you're like, Oh, man, I could go on for another 20. And I can finish this so easily. And then suddenly 25K, like you've only run five more and you just feel miserable. You're like, whoa, what just happened? I feel awful. I need to, I need to change or, or sometimes just need to stop. I had that a couple times during training where I was like flying first 15K. I'm like, oh man, I feel so great. And then like I hit 17K, 2K later. And I was just like, "Ah, I need to stop. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do anymore. So sometimes that just happens. It, uh, you can't win them all. Sometimes you, you have to accept, uh, you know the lost, as they say.
1: And you said being honest with yourself and being uh, uh, having uh, some perspective is so in, so important to, uh, to to do that to do what you describe. Yeah. this This podcast is is about the parallels between running and business, but I've got to ask, what about chess? Uh, chess seems to be something which people draw metaphors, similes with with business a lot. Do mm-hmm. do you see those or, or yeah? You know, What's your perspective on chess as as a as a game, as a pastime and and what people in business might learn
0: from that? That's a really interesting question that I actually haven't ever been asked for some reason. Well, chess is a game of objectivity in the sense that um, there's a few different ways that once the game develops, right, that that a game could continue to develop, because it's not a foregone conclusion. Even if people were playing the objective best moves, there are certain branches within a uh, chess game where a player still has the freedom to choose a path, right? I'm, I'm. So you could be on move 15 in a game, and then there could be three good options to proceed. And that leads to, you know, the, the rest of the game. And obviously also players make mistakes. They choose suboptimal moves and etc. So in that regard. Chess is a game of kind of brutal truth like uh, and chess players tend to be brutally honest especially about their own play top players will will make zero excuses for their games they're very used to being after a game being asked oh what happened what went wrong and they can be just absolutely brutally honest about their own play. I think that brutal honesty is something that's really valuable for a leader of a company if you can manage to take the brutal out. Uh, and and make it you know something that someone can learn from and listen to or even if you can be brutally honest with yourself as a leader but you can communicate the honesty of that to you know the the people that that you work with I think one of the most important rules for CEO is basically to tell it like it is like this is the business this is where we are you can trust me to tell you at all times where we stand and I trust you one of my team members to make a decision based on the current status of the company I have a better overview of what's going on big picture but you know your domain better than I do that's why we hired you so you need to inform me when you see something and I can tell you what's going on big picture if I see something and that's the kind of like the dynamic there and I think that's very similar to chess in that you know you have this army in front of you and these pieces need to move in a certain direction you're setting up a strategy But it could very much be that in the moment in a particular situation or a particular position on the chessboard the big strategy has to be relinquished in favor of a short-term tactic which will then give you a winning position long term
1: that's fascinating it's really fascinating to hear you describe that and and i guess the feedback that you get in chess is instant when you're you're in a game, uh, which is a little bit different to maybe business and and maybe running as well. Because if if somebody is making a move in a game, I assume you can, uh, if you're good, you can kind of read where things are going and you you, you get a
0: sense of where things are moving straight away. Yeah, but also keep in mind, top players make mistakes too, right? So the interesting thing about chess is there's there's a lot going on uh, under the surface that you don't realize until like another top player is pointing out all of the different ideas to you mm. and then you know like they'll go over the game they'll show you Look, he, this person didn't play this because of these and these and these and these consequences but for example sometimes in a game both sides will miss something and then they will both you know finish the game maybe they will go to a post game interview and then the commentator who has access to a supercomputer with like all these analysis engines can tell them, hey, here, here's where you guys both miss this. And then those grandmasters will be like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. So, so there is this kind of like uh, this, this element to chess still where, where both sides can miss something. And then you're like, oh, wow, though, I had no idea, you know, and that's very similar to businesses like both. You can be in competition with another company and be very focused on what you're both doing but maybe both of you miss an opportunity right mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense
1: yeah switching back to running for a moment and the um you know the number of runs you've you've done over your life is, is there a is there a run that you can recall where it was a perfect setting and it was you know your energy was great uh and there was just something special about their run any anything you know uh, over the the years that sticks in your mind
0: yeah that was last year i did um uh, I was running and training and um, I was doing most of my training in the hills on trails. And that was kind of on purpose because I figured if I can run my kind of goal times and keep my goal paces in the hills on difficult technical terrain, then surely I must also be able to, you know, do that on flat terrain in the city. So I, I think I ran about 80% of my training or maybe 60% of my training, 70 so some are there on hilly train and technical train and I had one particular run where I think I was around the half marathon distance. And I ran it slightly slower than what my fastest time in training was, but probably 70% of that run was on hilly technical train and I just felt invincible. I finished the whole thing. I, I ran home and I, I, I like calmly walked up to the gate, you know, hit my watch and then I was like, oh man that was amazing and i i I didn't even have i didn't even the next day i didn't even have any soreness or anything so that's when i knew the training had kind of paid off a little bit that was a really good run
1: and and do you share those runs with and do you share your enthusiasm for running with your colleagues do they run as well or is this your sort of secret thing that you do for yourself
0: i definitely shared with my colleagues and i've inspired a few of them to run which is nice uh and fortunately if some other folks in the company like uh I'm the CEO of Chessable but Chessable's part of a larger group of companies called Play Magnus Group and the CEO of Play Magnus Group Andreas is uh, also a runner so so we share this this running and we 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 compare the the things that we do in training one of them actually uh, ran her first um, half marathon not too long ago and and she was asking me for advice on certain things and I kind of helped her out a little bit you know like helped her make a training schedule and Showed her a few things that she could do and, and how she should train, etc. And, et cetera. and um, you know, I'm not an expert, but I have a decent amount of experience. And by having attempted to run a marathon over the past, like, <laughs> 10 years, four times or something, I've gone through that process of a whole bunch. So I was able to give her some tips. Oh, good for you.
1: A few more questions to go before we finish. I, I really appreciate your time on this. Sure. Running aside... Can you name a business tool, an app or a person, something that you couldn't do without in business?
0: Yeah, it's a very good question. I think there's two that we use in Chessable a lot. We actually, in Chessable, we use a messaging uh, alternative to Slack that is called Twist, which uh, is a great uh, messenger alternative to Slack. But our whole company is on, on Twist. Because it's a little less intrusive and it has a few more features that I really enjoy that are a little bit better than than slacks. I find uh, I I also use slack for intra group communication with other companies who are using who do use slack but we use twist and um, it's nice because you can you can group conversations and open up threads and stuff which are separate inside a channel and it's not so intrusive doesn't bombard you with notifications and red dots so I, I really like that one. And then uh, we also for task management, we use uh, Asana, which is a really wonderful tool which allows us to track our progress at KPIs and track yeah, people's workloads and such and and those two are really helpful for for our company. I would say those are two big ones
1: oh that's great insight and i I share the the slack thread uh, pain that you mentioned there it can be uh, it can be difficult to uh, to track conversations uh, f- flipping that question around uh business aside. What's your favorite bit of running kit or accessory that you can't do without?
0: Mm. I, I like all the wearables. I like the running. I like all the. I have tons of different running shoes. But, uh, oh, you know, honestly, I think the, the one thing that I learned over time is that just having really good running socks is just so nice. I, I have like 20 pairs of the same socks that I, I wear them all the time. And, uh, and that's the, yeah, I guess, like, I, I think it's called Danish Endurance really lovely brand very light and uh yeah those those have been probably the biggest one obviously with shoes you know there's always new technologies and new cushioning and new all this grip and whatever and there's always lighter clothes and whatever but just having a pair of good socks that uh, don't give you any blisters that's uh, that's good stuff i i hear you and there's something there isn't there about that that
1: uh, comfortable structure the habit of Of doing you know have it, once you find something that works for you, uh just you know stick with it because there's there's no point in uh changing too often if if there's something whether it's a shoe a sock or, or or a bit of clothing, whatever go with it
0: yeah, although there's some science now they've done some research on shoes in which they recommend that you don't run using the same shoe or the, and even the same model of shoe all the time. They would say that like I, I guess like the latest is that you should. You know let's like say you're a long distance runner that you should train on various different models of shoes throughout the week, yeah because it helps your body uh kind of like stay flexible with the the way that the different shoe models types and such uh kind of um respond, so it keeps you i i guess like the main issues is if you always run in the same shoes, even if it's the same model shoes. You will, your feet and all this stuff, it will adjust to this thing. And especially if you have, let's say, not perfect technique or you have like, you know, uh, so, some other issues there, then, then it exacerbates the problem. Whereas if you run on different types of shoes, I guess uh, it helps.
1: That's an interesting one. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll check that one out. That's, uh, that's good advice. Um, music or no music? Uh, as a former musician, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is, is music something you need when you're running or do you steer clear of it?
0: Always I I, uh, you know if it's on long runs I can consume a vast quantity of uh, podcasts, especially in the first hour after that my attention drifts I can't focus on anything so then I just have loud stuff on mostly metal yeah sometimes some hip hop I like energetic music when I run you know I listen to lots of different stuff but when I'm running I think uh, <laughs> there was this one band last year when that was like basically my my marathon music and and my, my entire training. Like I think I I got sixteen hundred hours worth of this one band that I listened to, and I think probably eighty <laughs> percent of it was just because because of my running. And, and can you can you tell us who they were? It's a very obscure uh, Danish Dutch uh, atmospheric black metal band. I'm not sure I I should go any further than that. Like if people want to look it up, sure, it's called Dötsrit. it's It's D O D S R I T. Very obscure. Not a lot of people listen to this stuff, but. It was like the perfect record for me. The record is called Mortal Coil, and it's like four songs. They're all like ten minutes long, and it's just incessant pounding. And it's like the perfect, you know, RPM for me to run to. So I I, I like that kind of stuff. So I can just zone out, and it's kind of droning, and I I not much variation, but uh, but good. Yeah, I like that stuff.
1: So. And what's the sound of? You mentioned your wonderful runs in the hills uh, up near where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, if you're not listening to anything, is there a sound that accompanies you on those runs? what you know what's the sound of the environment up up there?
0: Uh, it's just so many birds it's beautiful there's uh, it's very rich in nature there's uh, uh, well there's actually snakes too so you have to watch out on the trails. but it's snakes and boars and uh, and then just lots and lots of birds. It's just so rich in 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 bird song and especially early in the morning uh, if the sun's not up yet and you're running and kind of like because I, I like to go early. Then it's just amazing. You, like you really have the dawn chorus. Like that's a real thing. It's just so beautiful. Sounds amazing. Uh,
1: you mentioned running early in the morning. Um, do, do you mm-hmm. structure your day in a consistent way so that running has a certain space? You you know have meetings at a certain time. You you make decisions at a certain time. Or is it just sort of
0: more free flow? How, how does a typical day in your your life go? Fairly structured. I I like to have all of my important meetings between 10 and uh, 3 because I find that's for me that's when I have the most focus. So uh, I don't like having a a critical meeting at like 5 in the afternoon because um, I'm fried. I just can't make any good decisions. My self control goes down. My emotional regulation is less. So um, I don't like having critical meetings or like really important decision making processes at the end of the day I like to have them before like, like basically up until lunch or maybe like an hour after lunch or two like but then it needs to be done and uh, I like running in the morning because uh, it kind of like anchors my day so I prefer to go out early in the morning get my run in and then it kind of I've already accomplished something and it feels good.
1: Uh, final question, uh, Geert, uh What advice would you give to anybody in business or in a leadership role considering getting more active and specifically taking up running?
0: You don't have to have a goal right away. You know, I know a lot of, especially leaders in companies are very goal-oriented and very driven. And I am too. I like to set goals. I like to work towards them. It motivates me to finish something and to complete a task and et cetera. But if you can make... The habit of running a goal in itself, you will be rewarded. And I think that's probably the one thing I would tell anybody, that uh, you don't have to, you know, start loving running. But but uh, like my wife, for example, she she runs almost every day, but she runs a very short distance. And her goal is just to keep that up. And I think that's also a very valuable thing in itself. Habits
1: are so important, aren't they? If, if you can just start doing things, get into routines, they, they turn into big things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Compounding.
1: Geert van der Velde. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for being a guest on Run the Business.
0: Thank you so much for the uh, for the great questions.
1: Thanks again to Geert van der Velde for being today's guest on Run the Business. So what am I taking away from that conversation? Uh, metrics, metrics being so important to get better at running. And how that applies to business as well. Goals are crucial, aren't they? But at the same time, he talked about the importance of running for fun. Something that comes through in a lot of the conversations we're having. Uh, Mixing it up, changing things. Just keeps you fresh. Just getting out there and clearing your mind. Uh, Get talked about falsifying himself, having ideas and theories to test and see if they work. A great phrase that he said was, numbers keep you honest. Um, and I love that. And I loved also talking about the similarities between chess and business. Not strictly what this podcast is about, but the idea of uh, having options at the beginning of the game, choosing strategies and updating them as you go along. Git talked about chess as a game of brutal truth. Zero excuses from chess players if things go wrong. Can you imagine if we got that in business and we were able to transfer some of that into the workplace? The idea of being brutally honest with our people and telling it like it is, but in a constructive way, uh, building trust that allowed that transaction to happen. Trust that uh, for Git was coming from giving people the space to do their jobs. Um, He talked a little bit about short-term opportunities versus the big picture and how those things sort of fit together as well. I actually think I need to listen to this one again to fully appreciate some of what Git was talking about because there was a lot in that conversation for me. Either way, I feel like getting my chest set out after that conversation. I don't know about you... But I'm not sure if I should admit it, actually, but the only chess set that we have in this house is a Winnie the Pooh chess set. Ah, it's out there. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate it positively, spread the word, and share it wherever you can. It really, really does help. Run the Business is a Real 2 Media production with thanks to Chris Kelly and Anna Harding for helping make it possible. A chess quote to finish today. You may learn much more from a game that you lose them from a game that you win you will have to lose a hundred games before becoming a good player whether it's chess running or business that mentality applies to so much in life doesn't it i'm anthony gay and until next time keep running and keep chasing your goals